Welcome to the Global Business Women's Pod, hosted by the Greater Houston Women's Chamber of Commerce. I am Susan Dyson and extremely excited to be your podcast host. In my day job, I am proud to be the CEO, President, and Founder of the Chamber. Every Thursday at 6 p.m., we will bring you inspiring stories of women who are leading in the advancement of women and girls. We will take you with us to our premier events. You will meet entrepreneurs, executives, and philanthropists who will empower and inspire you to succeed. So please mark your calendars and join us for the Empowering Global Business Women's Pod, Thursday at 6 p.m. In this podcast, we are taking you back with us to our 2021 conference to hear the internationally acclaimed Carla Harris. Carla is an expert on purposeful leadership and was previously appointed by President Barack Obama to chair the National Women's Business Council. She is the vice chairman, the managing director, and senior client advisor at Morgan Stanley. Carla has been recognized by nearly every national publication, including being named to Fortune Magazine's list of the 50 most powerful Black executives in corporate America, and also the most influential. She has been recognized as one of the top 75 African-Americans on Wall Street and also made the list of women who are shaping the world. Carla is an accomplished author of two books, Expect to Win and Strategize to Win, and the soon-to-be-released Lead to Win. She is also an amazing singer with three albums and numerous sold-out concerts. She appeared at Carnegie Hall and the Apollo Theater. Now let's watch Carla's inspiring message happy to be with you all again, and certainly honored to have an opportunity to spend a few minutes talking about leadership, especially in the environment that we're in now. The question is, what is powerful, impactful, influential leadership today? When I review my career, which is over three decades now on Wall Street, I realized that I grew up in a producer culture, which means if you're a great producer, you are rewarded, not only with great compensation, but often with promotions and titles and seats of authority, management and leadership without any thought as to whether or not you're the kind of person that could actually motivate and inspire people to deliver beyond that which they thought that they could deliver or whether or not you were the kind of person that could really see opportunity amidst chaos or whether or not you were the kind of person that could transform a culture in a tumultuous environment when in fact that's exactly the kind of leadership that we need today. And even more than the global pandemic or frankly, the social unrest that we're having around the world and certainly in this culture, what's really driving the change and the need for a different type of leadership is frankly the fact that millennials and Zers are quickly becoming the dominant population in the workforce. And as for table stakes, they demand three things, transparency, inclusivity, and feedback. And if you're a boomer like me, you certainly didn't get a lot of feedback along your career journey. You were pretty much told, keep your head down, work hard, and if you don't get fired, then you know you're doing okay. But that's not the kind of leadership that is required in today's environment. So the question is, how do you need to show up every day if you want to be perceived in the marketplace as a powerful, impactful, influential leader? And I would argue that you must be intentional. And today I wanna to give you the pearls, <clears throat> my hard earned and hard learned pearls of intentional leadership with a special focus on three of those pearls. Now the pearls of intentional leadership are as follows. They're your authenticity, there's building trust. You must be intentional about creating clarity even when you cannot see. 
You must be intentional about creating other leaders. You must be hyper-focused on diversity. You must also be intentional about innovation, intentional about inclusivity, and intentional about your voice. If you're going to be a powerful, impactful, influential leader in today's environment, you must be willing to call a thing a thing. Now, let me first talk about authenticity. I've talked about this a lot, and I certainly had an opportunity to talk to you about this the last time I had the honor and privilege of being with you. Your authenticity is your distinct competitive advantage. Nobody can be you the way that you can be you. And if you choose to sit in a leadership seat today, it is imperative that you bring your authentic self into that seat. Why? When you bring your authentic self into any environment, people will trust you. And trust is at the heart of any successful relationship. When we first went into this shelter in place protocol, I received calls from industry leaders across every single industry and people that were in various seats in the C-suite. And over and over, the question was, how do I lead in this environment? How do I show up as a leader when I can't even be in the same space as my people? What am I supposed to do now? How do I make sure that we don't lose ground given all the progress that we've made as an organization and certainly trying to become an inclusive organization? I said, there's three things that you must do as a powerful, impactful, influential leader in today's environment. You must be visible, you must be transparent, and you must be empathetic. People are craving stability. They are craving some kind of certainty amidst all of this uncertainty. And while you might argue that it is a poor substitute, being visible in any way, even through these technological mediums, is some way to present some stability to your teams and also to your clients. They must be able to see you. That also underscores your authenticity because they can see how you are presenting. They can see whether or not you have any kind of strain or stress amidst all of this environment. They can almost feel your experience. So it's important that you are visible if you want to lead in this environment. You must also be transparent. You must be transparent about what you know and what you don't know and when you know it. Here's what we know about what's happening with the virus today. Here's what we know about the development of a vaccine. Here's what we know now about when we'll all go back to the office or here are the three things that we're looking for as signs and signals as to when we can go back into the office. Here's what we're thinking about in terms of a restructuring or reductions in force. It's important that you are transparent about what you know and when you don't and when and what you don't know and when you know it. We don't know about a vaccine. We don't know really if we'll go back into the office in the same way. We don't know whether or not we will have the same roles. That also will build the trust within your organization because you are being transparent about the state of play in information and plans. And the last thing you must do is you must be empathetic. You might try saying to your teams and to your customers, I know that you must be feeling some kind of way. I too am feeling some kind of way. But let me tell you how I choose to handle it every day. Let me tell you what my strategy is to stay focused on the objectives. Let me tell you how I've been able to maintain or enhance my productivity while working from home in a very different environment. Being transparent, being visible, being empathetic,
in today's environment underscores your authenticity. It is the thing that will help you to drive and penetrate relationships internally and externally. And it is the hallmark, frankly, of powerful, impactful, influential leadership in today's environment. The next intentional pearl that I wanna spend some time on is diversity. It is one of the most important things that you can focus on strategically within your organization. It does not just happen. Diversity does not just happen. You must be intentional about it. I have had the honor of creating a multicultural innovation lab within Morgan Stanley. It is an in-house accelerator where we bring in 10 companies per year that have been founded by multicultural entrepreneurs and or women. We give them three things. We give them cash in exchange for a single digit percentage of the company. We also connect them to some of our largest investment banking clients in order to accelerate their growth and accelerate the scaling of their company. And we also give them six months of content to help them to develop from being a founder to a CEO because you know there's quite a difference. And what we are trying to do in our own way is to close the gap on the inequity of the distribution of capital to women and multicultural entrepreneurs. I'm sure you know the statistic. Less than 4% of traditional venture capital dollars go to women and less than 2%, depending on your, in, on your source, goes to multicultural entrepreneurs. And I will tell you, 18 months into the journey of building this lab, creating the curriculum, creating the external partnerships that we need, recruiting people to be speakers, recruiting people to be mentors and sponsors, and maybe even investors in some of these companies. 18 months into that effort, I looked up and my entire team was women, all women, not an ounce of testosterone to be seen anywhere. And I knew immediately that I had a gap in my go-to-market strategy, that I was exposing myself to an abundance of competitive threats. So I knew right away that I had to make sure that I got some men onto the team. I was very intentional that my next two hires were men. Diversity does not just happen because we are all vulnerable to unconscious bias. We are all, we are all vulnerable to unconscious bias. That was a prime example of my own. And if you do not have diverse thinking at your decision-making table, you will have a gap in your go-to-market strategy thereby exposing yourself to significant competitive threats. Let me give you the business case around diversity. If you agree with me, the statement I just made, that we're all competing in some way around innovation, that it is the dominant competitive parameter across all industries, then you're gonna have to agree with me that you need a lot of ideas in the room to get to that one idea that will allow you to obtain and retain a leadership position because after all, Innovation is born from ideas. If you need a lot of ideas in the room, you need a lot of perspectives in the room because after all, ideas are born from perspectives. If you need a lot of perspectives in the room, you need a lot of experiences in the room because perspectives are born from experiences. And if you need a lot of experiences in the room, you better start with a lot of different people in the room because experiences are born from people. So you must start with a lot of different people in the room to get to that one innovative idea that will allow you to obtain and retain a leadership position. Great leaders understand that you cannot do it alone. You cannot do it alone. You will need somebody else's intellect, somebody else's experiences, and somebody else's access to relationships in order to successfully prosecute 
any endeavor. And as a powerful leader, you must avail yourself to all the talent that exists in the marketplace or you will have a gap in your go-to-market strategy. Let me give you another thought. It used to be the case that companies had three primary constituents, the shareholders, the customers, and the employees. And each of these constituents each had a powerful tool. Your shareholders could sell your stock. Your customers could vote with their feet and not buy your product. And your employees, well, they could walk, they could quit. But I argue that today there is a fourth constituent and that constituent is called community. And it's not local, it's global. And it too has a very powerful tool and its tool is social media. Within seconds, you can lose significant Within seconds, you can have massive brand degradation. So it is important that you don't leave yourself vulnerable to these occurrences. I don't have to give you the names of the brands that we all know and love that did not have diverse thinking at the table when they created policies and procedures that did not anticipate the things that could happen on the ground in their stores. I don't have to mention the name of the company that did not have diverse thinking at the table when they made the decision to go to market with that ad. And if you're not with me yet, let me give you my last argument. As I like to say, when I walked out of Harvard Business School in 1987, Excellence in corporate America looked like six white men at the top. That's what excellence looked like to me. Pick the company, IBM, GM, Ford, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, Procter & Gamble, you name the company. And so I understood that as a woman of color, that if I wanted to play, I had to be comfortable being the first and the only in many, many rooms. Ah, but millennials have grown up in a different environment. They have seen women lead. They have a mother that's in the C-suite. They have a mother that's driving a large nonprofit that's very high profile in their city or their town. They have gone to these elite schools where the smart kid on the right is a smart black kid, smart kid on the left, smart Hispanic kid, smart kid sitting in front of them, smart Asian kid, and smart Indian kid sitting behind them. That's what excellence looks like to them. So if they don't see excellence in the places that they're thinking about going to work, they're not going to go there. That's what excellence looks like to them. And every company likes to think that they are the employer of choice, but you will not be the employer of choice if you are not exemplifying excellence in the way it is defined in today's marketplace with the dominant population in today's environment. The last pearl that I really wanna drill down on is frankly, inclusivity and innovation. I've made the case that innovation is the dominant competitive parameter. But again, as a powerful leader, you must avail yourself of all the talent that's in the marketplace. I have the honor of going to lots of companies and generally when I go there to speak, they say, well, since you're here, why don't you spend an hour, hour and a half with the CEO and his or her direct reports? And invariably behind closed doors, the question that comes up all the time is how do you show up? as an inclusive leader. I read about inclusivity all the time, but at the end of the day, how do you really show up as an inclusive leader? Here's how you do it. You simply solicit other people's voices. You solicit other people's voices. I'd like you to try this. The next four times that you bring your teams together, try the following. Here's the problem that we're trying to solve. And I know I'm not the smartest person in the room, but because I'm the most senior person in the room, not old, I'll go ahead and get this conversation started. 
Here's what I think the answer is. But Abby, how would you add on to this argument? And Bill, how would you add on to what Abby has said? Now, Clarissa, I want you to play devil's advocate. I want you to completely blow up this argument. Where are the gaps? How would you argue the other side of this? And Damon, I'd like you to add on to what Clarissa has said. What have you done? As a powerful, impactful, influential leader, you've done two very important things. The first thing is that you said, I see you. You invited each of them into the conversation by name, which means you must engage enough with your teams that you know them very well and you can invite them into any endeavor, any conversation by name. And guess what? Who doesn't value being seen by the boss? The second important thing that you've done as a powerful, impactful, influential leader is that you said, I hear you. Not only did you invite them into the conversation, but you invited them in specifically to support or refute the argument on the table. And you've now said, I hear you. And ladies and gentlemen, everybody values being heard. Everybody values being heard. When you say to someone in a conversation, I hear you, you generate immediate currency that you can now reinvest back into that relationship, getting further relationship penetration. And most importantly, as a powerful, impactful, influential leader, you've now put everybody's fingerprints on the blueprint. Now everyone is equally invested in the success or failure of that endeavor. And as I close, I tell you as a powerful, impactful, influential leader, you must be willing to exercise your voice. You must be willing to call a thing a thing, no matter how bad the thing might be. And I find so often we know something should have been said. We know that there's bias in the room and we want to call it out, but we fail to do so. And I can't tell you how many times I know it has happened to me, and I'm sure it has happened to you, where you know something should have been said in the room and we're all just looking down at our shoes. And I argue that the reason we don't exercise our voice more often is that we're scared. We're just scared. It's fear. And you know I'm fond of saying, so I had to leave you with it, that fear has no place in your success equation. Fear has no place in your success equation. And I tell you that while I've given you the pearls of intentional leadership, the strand that holds all these pearls together, mm -hmm, it's courage. Because it takes courage to call a thing a thing. Or whether or not you are the kind of person that could truly see opportunity amidst chaos, or whether or not you are the kind of person that could transform a culture amidst a tumultuous environment. Yet, that's exactly the kind of leadership that is required today. All righty, thank you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching the Global Business Women's Pod brought to you by the Greater Houston Women's Chamber of Commerce. We cannot wait to see you next Thursday at 6 p.m. And remember, you can always find us at ghwcc.org.